Two seconds of your yes. time, man. What do you want? Young entrepreneurs. Yes. Just lack patience and actually give a fuck about what other people think of them. Those are the two core reasons you're not at the next level yet. What's up, everybody? What's going on? I am your host, Blake Haggett. We are here at the Yes Show, the Young Entrepreneur Show, where we meet, talk with visionaries and leaders of today's time, how we're going to innovate, how we're going to change the world. So stay tuned, check us out, give us a follow. And you all won't be disappointed. Welcome back to another episode of the Yes Show on today's episode. What are we, episode 14? Something like that. Episode 14 or 15. I got to get better about keeping track of my podcast episodes, but we're back with the Yes Show with my good friend Lane Abshire. I'm going to let you take it away to explain to all the listeners that listen to the Yes Show as well as we are on Facebook Live today and Instagram Live. Shout out to you guys and YouTube. We're hitting all. I know. We're just all here today. <laughs> all the areas. So Everyone's I'm going to let here. you take it away, kind of explain who you are, what you do, um, how you got started in being an entrepreneur. Um, like I said, my name is Lane. Um, I've been doing photography professionally for about four years. I've had a camera in my hand since I was a sixth grader. That's um, so cool. Kind of got started. Do you remember the show uh, Nitro Circus? Yep. So me and my friends, we all had snowmobiles, we had sleds, we had bikes. We just did a bunch of dumb stuff, filmed it all, made little videos out of it. We weren't really we were doing it out of fun, but you didn't realize what skills that you were gaining doing that, as well as just having fun. So I'm originally from Alaska, moved down here freshman year of high school, and I love it here. I absolutely love the culture, I love the vibe of this whole, uh, the whole valley, the whole area. I could not be happier to be in Idaho. Today's and, uh, one of those days where it, it kind of feels like Alaska outside. What, what's yeah. our temperature with the wind chill? We got like um, 55 today? I mean, I was at the Dutch Bros line this morning and it was reading about 30 degrees in the FJ. So. <laughs> so cold. So, yeah. But, uh, you know, this, this state doesn't know cold. You guys don't know cold. I know, right? <laughs> so, uh, being an entrepreneur, that's interesting. You uh, you kind of started with, you know, you had a camera in your hands. What was kind of that one one moment, I guess, that maybe you witnessed it from your parents, colleagues, or whatnot that made you decide that, you know, I don't want to work for somebody forever? So my dad has always owned his own business. Um, we had Northville Coffee back in Alaska. So I grew up around business ownership, and I saw firsthand what it takes, what it does to people, the kind of dedication it takes. So my father was a huge influence as far as taking this business-wise. My kind of aha moment was I used to go to car shows and car meets and just, you know, dink around the parking lot, take pictures of my friends' cars, and then people would eventually come up and just be like, hey, uh, can I pay you for a shoot? I'm like, I don't charge. Maybe I should. But like, <laughs> that was my wake-up call was like, hey, you know, I haven't even asked for a payment. I haven't even tried to sell anything. Yeah. And it's just coming. So I kind of realized, you know, it's just about – doing and staying true to that process and that will work itself out i didn't have to push sales on any people i didn't have to try and convince anybody i like to let work do the talking i like that so that's a big thing especially you know what i've witnessed from your work ethic the short time we've known each other is that you will let the product in your shoots or your final photograph or the picture or whatever it is mm -hmm. is what speaks for itself a hundred percent i mean i could sit here in front of someone without a picture and tell you that you know you're going to get the best quality you know the shoot's going to be amazing you, nothing sells anything like itself 
That's so true. So when you moved here, how did you, I know that you like to specialize in the automotive industry as well as some real estate space. What are some target things as to maybe some of those people out there listening to the Yes Show today have interest in photography, videography? What are some kind of advice in finding an industry that you enjoy? So it's just that. Um, I firmly believe I get a lot of questions from amateur photographers that say, you know, how do I find my niche? How do I find my industry? You have to be doing what you actually enjoy, and you better be willing to do it for free at any moment in time. I love that. The love thing that. is, is I've been doing this for years, but the right shoot with the right amount of creativity, the right amount of planning, I'm all in. Don't ask for a set because it's what I love. Mm-hmm. So I tell people, I'm like, if you're picking up a camera and trying to go into real estate because there's money there, not because you genuinely enjoy photographing houses and property, you're not going to last. That's so true. It's that is a big moment for all you listeners out there. Write that one down. So that's the thing is when people come to me, you know, how do I get people you know, to separate $100 just for photos? I'm like, well, you don't. They have to be willing to do that themselves. You shouldn't have to talk them into that. And that's the emotional side of selling that's really interesting because you're providing value. Mm-hmm, exactly. More so than just trying to collect a paycheck. Exactly. And like the money is nice. It's nice you know, make money with a camera. It's my dream. But nothing compares to when you show the client their finished product and their faces light up. Like, that is what I live for. I, that's why I do shoes for free. That's why I do portraits for free. I like people to feel good. One, about what they've worked so hard and sacrificed so much time, spent so much money on. Two, about themselves. I love doing portraits just because when someone looks at that, they feel good about themselves. They're like, and this, damn, I look good. And so in this world where people don't get to feel that much often, it brings me a lot of joy to bring that to people. That's really cool. So what? let's uh, kind of pivot this a little bit and let's like focus more a little bit on the entrepreneur side of things. Okay. What, um, what was it that really, I know like you mentioned earlier, that key moment in your either career, I know we're both very young people right. and I imagine that there's going to be a million more pivots in our careers but with the direction you've been going recently with starting your own company, what were some of the struggles that you had to go through to get kind of to that point where you felt like there was enough value for you to kind of branch off on your own rather than continue to work where you were at? So the um, I would say the struggle that I endured was the day I decided that as far as projects go, I wasn't doing it for free anymore. Starting that I was worth monetary value for my time and effort. But when you decide that as an amateur photographer, you go through a year. I went through two years where no one bought jack shit. Really? So, and like, that was the thing. It was just like hard. I was like, dude, like, can I get people to, you know, pay money for this? Like, can I, is is it, is am I bringing enough value to the table? Yeah. But those two years where, I mean, no one was buying anything. I was out calling friends every weekend, just trying to practice, trying to bring some to the table. Because all it takes is the right person seeing the product. Mm -hmm. And that's a sale. Yeah. But that's not the mentality that I go at. The mentality is just trying to get better, get better, get better, get better. The right people will see it. The right people realize the value in it. And that's the thing you got to realize is the two-year struggle at the end of it when people are starting to pay, you realize there are customers that understand the value, that Mm -hmm. are willing to, you know, pay you what they think you are worth. And those customers are out there. They're tough to find. Yeah, yeah. Is there there something that you would recommend for those out there listening that – is a good way to get started in photography. I mean, you could go to Best Buy, you could go buy yourself a thousand dollar camera mm-hmm. and you could start to sell yourself, but you're not creating enough value, I believe, to a yeah. customer. Right. 
And what is, what are some things that you have witnessed or experienced? So the biggest thing I see in people that struggle to get people to pay for their shoots is lack of reputation. It's people that buy the DSLR and immediately have $125 shoot offers on their Instagram. Nobody knows that they're doing this. No one knows that they're good at it. They haven't proved themselves yet. So for anyone trying to get started, get the camera and just go. Just go out, start photographing, but most importantly, YouTube University, take a class. <laughs> YouTube University. Yeah, everyone. YouTube University, that will help you with composure, that will help you with technique, that will help you with editing. You have to be hungry to learn more, though, because in photography, it's so limitless that if you don't constantly venture outside of what you are comfortable doing, mm-hmm. you are going to get stuck. Someone's going to pass you. Yeah. So, What is your perception on, I know in the... T- the technology and the digital age we live on, cell phones have pretty damn good cameras now. So what is the push between hiring a photography or doing it yourself? So, um, like I said, yeah, cameras are getting good. Cameras are getting real good. The new iPhone camera is actually stupendous. Like my friends send me pictures. <laughs> I love that. Stupendous. And yeah. So my friend starts to send me pictures off of his Nikon D850, and then he starts to send me pictures of his iPhone. He makes me guess which one was shot on which. <laughs> and so here's the thing. That's awesome. The tool has remained the same. Yeah. The camera is still the exact same thing it was when you pointed at it. Someone could be professional on a phone. They could be professional on that. Yeah. The tool doesn't matter. It's how you use it and the skill. I mean, you can hand anyone like that, that camera That's so and they're good. not going to be able to maximize its potential. You can hand them that camera and they're not going to maximize its potential. That's very true. So as far as do I worry that phones are going to take over, people think they can do it by themselves all the time. I hope they do. It's a really good skill to learn. It helps you in a lot of other aspects. But there are certain things, especially with business owners that have a lot of things on their plate, that learning that whole creative side takes years and That's it takes commitment. Very, very true. It takes commitment. And it's tough to do if you got other commitments as well. If you're running a business, you got employees to manage, you got, you know, a lot of things to cover. You don't have time to go out and watch hour long YouTube, you know, Photoshop Just tutorials. How to use all that stuff. So That's good. Why you would hire is you're paying for knowledge. You're mm-hmm. not paying for the technical. I mean, you are. You are paying for the best equipment. Obviously, my camera's still gonna be better than an iPhone camera for a very long time. Yeah. We're not there yet. Well, and cameras are growing at the same rate that iPhone cameras are. A hundred percent. Like Nikon and Canon are just starting to release their mirrorless. Like lenses are getting ridiculous. And what's getting really ridiculous is the mounting systems that people are using. Tripods that move. You have tripods that follow. You got the you got the introduction to drones. You got time lapse. You know, mounting equipment. Like that's that's where I see the technology taking the most advantage. Because I mean, as far as cameras advance, they're still going to do the exact same thing. Yeah, that's so, so you can true. buy your mirrorless camera for another five grand. You're only getting so many extra megapixels for the camera, and when you mm-hmm. post it to Instagram, it compresses <laughs> it so much. So it looks the same. Yeah, exactly. So it all looks the same. So I don't really think phones are going to phase out photography. I don't think people are just going to realize that they can do it on their own. Now there's tools, you know, with editing presets yeah. that you know make it easier. But as far as customiz- like customization, someone being able to tailor to your needs. Yeah, you're, yeah. Yeah, you're... And you know what? It's interesting you talk about that a little bit because I feel like in your repertoire of photography, sometimes you'll pull out your phone and snap some pictures 100%. for a quick image or a quick this, quick that. So a lot of my automotive shoots, I scout ahead of time. I know the location. I know how the sun's going to flow through it. I know what the mm-hmm. line's going to do. But I'm sitting there the whole time going like this. Because one, I'm not going to bring my real camera out when there's nothing there. Two, it helps me think about, okay, I'm looking at this picture on my phone. Now I can start to visualize, hey, 
where's the car going to look best? I can start to visualize and put things together. But a lot of it comes down to planning. So much of it comes down to planning. That's true. So you're not only hiring someone for their camera gear. You're not hiring someone that, oh, they can click a camera. Mm-hmm. You're hiring for more of the creative aspect. And mm-hmm. like like you went, mentioned earlier, is the expertise and mm-hmm. the knowledge and the time. And that's what you love to do. And so you spend the most time doing it. Exactly. Like in my spare time, I'm driving around on roads that I've never seen before. just because there might be some cool trees at the end of it. Like, <laughs> like, but the thing is, is like people understand that they're, when you get to this level, you are paying for a process. Yeah, but that's the only time true. the only thing the customer sees is when you physically go out and take the photos. That's so true. that's their exposure to your process. That's why I try to be transparent in you know my before and afters on Photoshop, so people understand that when I leave the shoot, the work it, it just started. Yeah, that's so, true. So you actually are really paying for time usually. So, so let's say I'm doing like a ten shot shoot, spending about an hour to two hours on each picture. Yeah, that could be a twenty hour work week on one photo set that's very so true. you divide my prices down by the amount of time i actually put in a good deal <laughs> it comes out to like 13 to 15 dollars an hour that's not that much for a professional service so yeah. like yeah but the same thing is reputation is everything mm-hmm. you know you can people only you can that's only charge so the people alone to pay it. that's very very true so let's i've got a good question for you now mm. So the whole concept of videography photography is growing in the entrepreneur space what is your perception of what's been created by Gary Vee and D-Rock? Everybody wants to have or be a D-Rock. Do you think that's it's been super beneficial for the space or is it kind of slowing people back because they compare themselves? Um, the comparison, if you want to be in media production, you cannot compare. Mm-hmm. You cannot. That is the killer. I know so many people that have quit because someone in Texas is better than them. Yeah. So if you're going to compare, get out of... Get out of the industry because you're never you're never gonna be happy. I mean, yeah, I'm sitting yeah, here scrolling yeah. on Instagram, looking at all my friends' stuff, you know, on their trips to Morocco, McLaren's, and I'm like, <laughs> I like that. so I don't think comparing comparing is the poison, in my opinion. Yeah. So oh, I like that. You guys write that one down. Comparing is poison. Is poison, and it will completely detour. But when you look at that stuff that's better than yours, instead of comparing, get analytical. Get I like that. Figure out, you know, okay, how did they have that camera position? Where's the sun coming from? You know, how are they capturing that shot? Exactly, exactly. And then as you get better and you start to realize how to decipher people's photos, like I'm cursed now. I can spot when anything's photoshopped. Like, it's kind of ruined media for me because people post up this gorgeous landscape. And you're like, and uh, I'm like, you know, stars don't shine through the moon, right? Like, <laughs> and so it's like, I don't know. But if you're going to compare, you just have to get out. But I mean, with everyone wanting a D-Rock, a Gary Vee, that documentation, yeah. that's neat specific. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's very true. It is very neat specific. So Gary is a businessman that is just throwing out knowledge left and right. He needs the documentation. He mm-hmm. doesn't need a gorgeous. <laughs> uh, he doesn't need a gorgeous portrait to do what he does. But let's say someone who's you know like a female blogger, a female influencer. Yeah, she's got to have different content. That's very. It true. suits different needs. So I mean, if you know, if you had someone following her around all day, as she knows, she just talks like wedding dresses or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's not going to have the same value, whether it is Gary Vee spending out 20 minutes of business information. That's very true. There's a, there's a specific niche within that realm. 100%. So when people, one, know the media that they need, mm-hmm. now they need to find someone that's going to actually fulfill that. That's so true. Because having, having a D-Rock... One, it's probably expensive. I don't know how much he gets paid to follow him around <laughs> every step he takes, but it's probably a lot. Um, but the amount of effort that is behind people like his production team, yeah, like people don't realize how much it would take to throw out 
50 pieces of content a week. I like, know. That is hard it's to do. It's very, very difficult. And to be able to chop it up, so, like, take our podcast, for example. Exactly. You know, it's going to take, you know, you a while to chop this thing up and right, make exactly. some little content snippets out of it. Exactly. But, but, I mean, he is also very tactical, but, I mean, he's feeling the other thing. Don't care what anybody thinks. Don't compare. Just do you. Focus on you. Yeah. And that's the secret because, I mean, anyone, like, when I first started this, even, like, I'm going to get backlash, but my own dad was like, because I had an option. I could have gone, you know, I was a BSU junior year. I could have gone all in on the school, trying to get a marketing job through the school. Yeah, I could have gone all in on my dad's business, like Gary Vee did with his. And then, or I just go all in on photography. But my whole thing was, what What do you smile when you do it the most? Yeah. Cause yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, like my whole perception of life is, in the long run, you do two things most of your life. You work and you sleep. <laughs> Very true. You better like one of those things or both of them. <laughs> so that's Buy yourself just, a nice mattress, everybody. Uh, exactly. You better love sleeping. If you don't love your job, um, quit. I love that. I love that. So what is some of your goals through photography um, that you'd like to achieve throughout your career? Is it having your own media team? I know that we've discussed a few things that you'd love to be almost an independent contractor for, mm-hmm. you know, automotive seems to be your niche because- yep. I feel like an automotive is something that you can somewhat and get away with, especially in the transparency of our world now, is Photoshop and automotive. Mm-hmm. just makes the car look better. It doesn't change the shape of the car. Right, It exactly. doesn't change, you know, it doesn't give you a big butt. Exactly. Like Kim Kardashian. 100%. And people don't realize, you know, when you look at, especially automotive content, how much editing and how much post-processing, how much not real life it is. Yep. So when people like, I get so many things like, your stuff's over edited, look at this picture. I'm like, that's not even like real, that's CGI. I'm like, you gotta like, so people don't understand, especially when all you see is final product. That's why I love when photographers put out the behind the scenes shots. That's what yeah, I love yeah, when they yeah. post the before and afters because people really don't get the value. But the, the picture doesn't tell the whole story, in my yep, opinion. Yep, I agree with you 100%. So what are, like, going back to that a little bit, what are some of your goals for your career? So um, career-wise, yes, I would love to have a media team, but mostly because I like to bring people to that next level. I like that. So I love, my favorite part about the Alamo Photography community, it is so supportive. Mm-hmm. I can go to any of, you know, my friends that are higher in the industry, ask a question, and they're immediately there with full support. That's so cool. That's so, so cool. My personal goal, one, is to get as many people pointing cameras at cars as possible. I don't, like, I'm not selfish in this whatsoever. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's been my entire life. It's given me so much happiness. Why would I hold that back from anyone else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would like to hopefully inspire a whole ton of kids just to pick up a camera and, like, figure out that, like, we are in a special time where media production is value. Oh. Value like it hasn't been before. Mm-hmm. We are in a revolution. So... I'm actually going to back to my old uh, high school teacher's classroom to go teach his class how to shoot automotive. That's that's so going to cool. be weird returning to a place where I learned everything. Yeah, but like that is, and that, spit some knowledge. But exactly, but like that's what excites me. Yeah, because like yes, I can tell these kids, you know, oh, this is the tips and tricks to shoot a car. <laughs> that's not what I want to walk away from. I want to walk away from like, hey, you are in a unique position. If you guys double down on this and really figure out what you're good at, you have an opportunity one to do what you love mm-hmm. two to live like live doing that for the rest of your life and they already have interest in it that's why they're taking yeah exactly and they're already interested and i think if they just had that someone that told them like hey 
this is real. Like and this, you can. yeah, and you can do this because I mean, in our photography class, we were just learning how to shoot. No one came in and said, "Hey, man, if you double down, you know, position yourself right." Like they never explained the business side of things. I kind of had to figure that out for my own, and I feel like there's so many photographers that have the talent, just don't know how to go about it. Yeah, and you bring up a really good point that I want to touch on a little bit is where we are today mm-hmm. with how you can become successful with the camera in your hands. Ten years ago, it was like. You either had to be the guy that's shooting the images for the magazine or the commercial. Yep. There was no in-between where now with social media and technology and what it's created, I mean, shoot, you can get hired from a Gary Vee or a business influencer that needs to grow their Instagram account. Exactly. And they just need some generalized content and they've made it and they want to see you make it too. Exactly. So that's where it's really cool to see not only you, but the community that you'd like to create Mm -hmm. and build off of is just teaching some basic skills to get exposure into the photography and film world. And then they can go deeper on what they enjoy. I mean, Mm -hmm. shoot, I love when you post your landscape shots up in the mountains. I'm Mm -hmm. like, that is phenomenal. That should be in Nat Geo. Right. Someday it will. Hey, shout out to Nat Geo. (laughs) You guys should hire Lane. (laughs) If you guys are listening, definitely, you know, know, reach out. Swiss Alps for like the rest of my life, please. Um, (laughs) But yeah, we are in a revolution of media. I mean, nowadays, it takes one picture spotted by the right person, and your career's off. That's so We're true. We're in a very special time. And now, I mean, with social media, you can make money from people liking what you photograph. They just do. by liking it. Yeah, they could just like to listen to you speak. And as long as you record that with a camera, mm-hmm. like, that could be your that's your monetary value. Like, I... Travel, like everyone wants to be a travel vlogger because it's, I mean, you just get to hold the camera in your hands, document what you do, and you make money at it. Like, yeah. I'm going for the same thing. We know, me and my friends, we go off roading and overlanding through Idaho mountains all the time. Like, do you know Idaho how, like, mountains, baby? Best place to go. Um, but it's just, we're in a really, really cool time, and I wish people leveraged it more. I have so many friends that are talented in makeup, I have friends that are talented in so many other different areas. And I'm like, if you guys were just, you know, brave enough to put it out, because that's the thing. And people are like, oh, the video isn't that good. I'm like, it doesn't matter. How good are you at makeup? Like, just just get it out there. You'll get better at displaying yourself as you do it. You don't just go out with a magic formula. That's so true. And you're not good at it when you start usually. (laughs) (laughs) I still can't even talk into Instagram. (laughs) No, and it's one of those things, too, with especially like, you know, in the film world, you know, I, I went out and bought a camera because I thought, oh, I can do it too. I can be a travel vlogger. You know, I spent about an hour with that thing and I was like, uh, Lane, can you help me? <laughs> and it's just so interesting, the world we live in today and, and the opportunities that you're presented with through entrepreneurship that in this technology era, you could do anything you want to do mm-hmm. if you double down. If you double down. If you, you know, if you're able to spend the dedicated time and attention that it needs to get good at it, anything, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you can make a hundred grand a year doing anything you exactly. want. Exactly. And a hundred percent. But like, especially with photography, it's not do it every once in a while and get good at it. That's true. Like, like I sacrifice a lot just to be good and skilled in Photoshop. Like sophomore, junior year, I didn't go to parties. I didn't hang out with my friends after class. I put my face down a computer because, I, one, I have such an ROI mindset. Yeah. What's my ROI? I'm going getting plastered <laughs> every weekend. Or Zero. Uh, yeah, exactly. Unless you want to, you know, bang chicks and go to Ibiza and, you know, live this crazy wild life. But, exactly. But yeah. does that pay the bills? 
Not always. <laughs> not always. And Again. That, and and you, you bring up a good point with that. And not to make jokes aside, I mean, <laughs> some people like that lifestyle. Exactly. I'm not. Like I'm to not. help people. Exactly. You like to do things you love to yeah. do. And it's just wanting different things. I wanted something different than all my friends in college. Yeah. I wanted to, one, when I leave college, not be panicking about looking for a job. I agree. 100%. So, yeah, exactly. Because even then, I was getting people work. I was going to school. I'm still going to school for marketing. I only finished after the semester. Two classes left. Praise <laughs> the Lord. Can't wait to be done. Um, but yeah, I got some people like, why aren't you? Why aren't you in school for photography? I'm like, well, one, no one's asking for a photography degree. Yeah, they're asking for a portfolio. Thank Two, you. why not get the degree in the skill that just takes it to the next okay, level? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt you right now. All right, being an entrepreneur entrepreneur going to college i went to college a lot of people are taking the perception of oh i don't need to go go to college but talk a little bit about your college experience and some of the things you've learned that's helped benefit you i mean shoot coming out of high school and going right into college you're like you could probably make some good money in film or mm-hmm. videography whatever it yep. is but what are some of the things of your perception of college entrepreneurship where's that so for me it's fine, like, okay, so it's just, one, depending on where you want to go. If you're in a STEM, if you're engineering, medical, like, those types of fields, you have to go to college. Yeah. You have to do that. That's the process laid out. The rewards for that are huge. Now, let's look at, at business school. Freshman year, I mean, one freshman, sophomore year of college, in my opinion, is completely useless. I didn't say that, though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but once you start getting into your business specific classes, like things really start to change. And I, like I said, I had a choice to make. I could go all in through the school, do internships, and try and get a job in the corporate marketing world. I realized very quickly I didn't want to do corporate marketing. Yeah. I didn't want to do, like, I mean, I will do the statistics side of it, but, like, that's not what I physically enjoy. I like the media and the creation. And, but deciding that I'm going to use the knowledge from the school, I'm still going to go to school. Because, like, junior, sophomore year, I debated dropping out and just going in all in on photography right then and there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, like, I just sat down, sat down with myself, really, really thought, and I'm like, hey, if I learn the things I need to learn in business school, even if I don't get a job through the school, there's a lot of value there. Like, I, I never sold a textbook back to the university because – there's uh, so much knowledge in those books, so much and I'm gonna need that one day. One, there's gonna be a day where I need a refresher on the sales process. <laughs> like, I, You're like, oh, yeah. shit, how do I But do like, it? yeah. But I took the knowledge and rather positioned it to be beneficial to myself rather than beneficial to someone's like corporate marketing company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like if, that approach. So if college, if you think college is for you, one, if you really need a skill, go join a trade school. There's no wrong in going to get a trade school. I know, but. Some of my best friends. They aren't the smartest guys, but they weld, and they will make more than I will ever make. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you really got to be real with yourself, though. I mean, if you – I know a lot of kids are going to business school because their parents want them to go to business school. Yeah. And yeah. they're not miserable, but you can tell they're not – yeah. They're I'll attest to that. You know, I, I yeah. went to college because my parents kind of wanted me to, and part of me was like, okay, well, you know, it'll make my family happy. I get, get done, and they're like, good job, Blake. Yep. Pat me on the back, and yep. I'm just like – Wait, that's it? Yeah, that's it. But then when I started to process, and it took me about six months afterwards where I was kind of like, well, that was a freaking waste of four years, where I was like, you know what? I actually learned a lot of valuable things, and it helped me grow up. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you're able to make those mistakes through college in, mm-hmm. in the sense of, 
you know, like just not truly figuring out what you are extremely passionate about. At 18, you're young. Yeah. At 22, you're still young. young. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I feel like I just... 40, 43, 44, I, and he's I like, still young tell everyone this. So I young. feel like I just got to college and I'm ready to leave. And now I'm like, yep. where did those four years go? Oh, totally. But in the time, and I see this with a lot of college kids, they're not going to realize the value. Where I realized the value when I was going out doing work with my dad and I'm eavesdropping in all these companies and I understand what they're saying now. Yep. That's where I was like, this oh, actually. Oh, I just studied that last week. Exactly. So like when I'm going through these places and I was learning the business lingo, learning all these things, I realized the value is there in ways that you don't see. Oh, Directly, true. the value is not there. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be running like, you know, algebraic equations on my yeah, statistics. Yeah, so true. Like, but. There's value there. I know how to look at statistics now because of that. Yeah. So the value is there. It's not direct. But if you're not going to go the college route, and I tell my friends a lot, like, you don't have to go to college. Some colleges you don't have to. If it's going to put you under the table so far where you're going to literally try to get out of this hole for the rest of your life, don't go. Don't go. Don't put yourself in debt. It's not worth it. You mm-hmm. can work your way up. But if you're not going to go the college route, and I tell them, like, you better have an insane work ethic. Because, I mean, when you even get out of college, you better have an insane work ethic. Well, work ethic on top of the same thing, I truly believe in education is power and knowledge. 100%. And it will t- help take you to the next level. Whether, you know, you hear all these people, oh, I'm not going to go to college. I'm not going to spend the money. Okay, I'm going to go get a job at Fred Meyer. Uh, exactly. Where is that supposed to go? You know, okay, well, great. If you want to go work at Fred Meyer for three years, yeah, and hold spend yourself over. your 6 p.m. to 10 p.m., let's go learn something. Let's go read a new book. Let's exactly. go read Gary V book cool. or, you know, whatever it is. And the thing that I analyze now, the thing I look for in people, not what, I mean, everyone's got to go to work if they want to pay the bills. That's, that's, that's you know, that isn't the way, but it's not impressive. That's true. What I pay attention to is what everyone is doing in their spare time. Yep. I know friends that work 60 hours a week, but in all their spare time, they're just laying in the bed. Playing I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I know friends that work 20 hours a week, and every second they're not working, they're working on their own thing they have going on the side. Mm-hmm. So I pay very close attention to what people are doing in their spare time. Yep. Yep. And in my spare time, I mean, I go to school, I go to work, make my money so I can cover myself. You know, and that's most of the time I had in the week. Yeah. And then I'd have to squeeze in eight hours of editing. Because I'm a week behind on someone's photo set. That's true. So, and I know that through this podcast, guys, we're talking a lot about money. But I think what money gives you the opportunity to do is it opens doors. It is. Opportunity. It, 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 it allows for experience. It, yes. You know, when, you, when you've got $5,000 in credit card debt, you're sitting there, you're like, think of how your life feels then mm-hmm. compared to how it feels when you are making enough money to support what you want to do. Exactly. And so that's where the money comes from, guys. And the, the passion to make money and I guess it's maybe an achievement thing or, or everybody has their own perception of success. The, yes, exactly. And the money they want in their lives. I guarantee ours is, you know, complete opposite of what we want in our lives. A hundred percent. And that's the thing. It's all like people want to outline what the right success formula is when the right success formula is the fact that there isn't one at all. So I challenge you guys listening to this podcast, make your goals clear. Do it. Your goals, what is success to you and what, you know, what does that look like from a financial standpoint, from a vacation standpoint, from a family standpoint, you know, so take that time uh, to uh, think about that today. As we tie things up today with the man Lane, we have the three yes questions we usually ask. First question, I, I love this question. I hear it all over everybody's podcast, but I think 
that your morning routine and some of your daily routine plays a huge impact on your happiness? What's your morning routine? Um, One, every morning I immediately, one, get up, get out of bed, walk to the fridge, find the coldest glass of anything I can, and pound it. Really? (laughs) I've been doing that since hockey. Okay. So for me, what that does, one, you get hydrated right away. You're not, because I feel like, you know, if you walk into your you know, office completely dehydrated, whatever. That's just, you're not starting off your day, right? Yeah. So yeah. pound a glass of water, get yourself hydrated. But one, that cold shocks my nervous system awake. I like and that. I like, it feels like I've been awake for hours immediately. Wow. So that's what I do. And as far as like, that's the only like real ritual I have. Okay. If, um, if I'm lacking on sleep, cause I don't sleep very much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I usually get a cup of coffee, but like, I'm never really like defined into a morning routine where it's a ritual every single morning. Yeah. But. Is that something you want to get to? It is something I like to get to as my life finally starts to get a little more consistent. Yeah. yeah but yeah, like, yeah. yeah, it's just, I mean, I'm doing different stuff every day. I mean, there's days, you know, where I wake up and you know, I take 30 minutes to get up. I enjoy my cup of coffee and, you know, I yeah, check and see yeah. what's new in the car world. I don't know. But you know what? I got a new business idea. We need to create, I know a lot of people that like to drink a glass of 16, 18 ounces of cold water first mm-hmm. thing in the morning. We need to like create a fridge that like fits in your bedroom with this perfect size bottle of water. With like a, with like a nightstand cooler. Like yeah, that like you just hit a button and it comes out next to your bed, and then you can pound your water and get. I gotta delete all this part. Yeah, so, so we'll just execute better than <laughs> exactly. So, That's what yeah, I like if you want to steal our ideas, great. But good luck. Good luck. So Second. morning routine, okay? You'd like it to be a little bit more. Um, consistent. Consistent. But know. as is life. I'm going to attest to that too. You know, yeah. I want a more consistent morning routine. But, you know, life sometimes gets you. But yep. you see some of the most successful people in the world. That have a... I love how Mark Zuckerberg mm-hmm. has the same set of clothes almost every day. Yep. Less decisions in the morning. I think yep. that's good. For your mind up. Question number... The question is, if you had to go on a vacation and you had to bring three oh, people cool. with you... And let's say, you know, you're going to the mountains for a weekend for three days, and you have to bring three peeps with you to pick their brain, alive or dead, if you, like, people okay, in their okay, prime, okay. who would it be? Um, one, Richard Pardon, no one probably knows this off the top of their head, he is, in my definition, a perfect photographer, he's who I look up to wow. the most. Okay. Um, one, Gary V. just so, because, I mean... I got lucky. My dad's basically a Gary Vee ripoff. Didn't know that until I started watching Gary Vee. I'm like, oh my god, this is just more my dad. I can't listen to this. <laughs> and then, uh, I think the third, it's got to be someone that's just, I like, my whole thing is, like, mindset. Yeah. I, I Like, I love people that, you know, like, Grant Cardone is so focused and knows how he thinks. He knows himself so well to the point where he knows how he's going to react before he even does it. That's good. That's so, deep. Yeah, I love people's mind. Like that's what intrigues me most is like how people get through their world. Oh, like that like intrigues that. me. That intrigues me. So a lot. If you had to spend a weekend, those three would be interesting that, together. I know Gary and Grant aren't the bestest of friends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it might be fun, kind of fun to like put the two and be like, "All right, guys, you gotta hash it out." Uh, exactly. <laughs> and me and Rich will First sit there. blood drawn losing. Exactly. <laughs> 
in that case, it'd be like first sweat drawing, you know. Exactly. We're gonna hike this hill. Yeah, loser, exactly. you know, he's got oh, a that's, set of kicks. Oh, that Gary's gonna win that. He gave, <laughs> like what the hottest wing ever didn't flinch. Oh, clean the bone yeah. dry. I'm like, dude, that guy kind of scares me, man. That he's was not real. Really cool YouTube YouTube video. <laughs> but kind of scared me. <laughs> question two. Okay. Question. Last question of the day. Question three. What do you want to ask the audience listen the pod listening to the podcast? To get them thinking, um, or even something as simple as, what's their favorite color? What, do you, what kind of question do you have for them? Um, my question for them is the one I ask myself a lot is, how well do you really know yourself? Because there's times where I've thought I've known what I wanted, got it, and then realized very quickly that, I, yeah, this is not what I thought it would be. Uh-huh. But a lot of that came from lack of self-awareness. So, you know, I took on, what's an example, I went on with a publishing company, a little media company around here that covers the nightlife and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I thought that's what I want. I thought I knew myself. I was like, hey, you know, I get to, you know, go downtown with my camera at night and take pictures. I got down there and realized that I can't stand massive amounts of drunk people asking for pictures. <laughs> so, but Didn't think about that one. Yeah, way. exactly. But I know I don't like that. So, so my question for everyone is, how well do you know yourself and how much of your life is actually applying to what you know about yourself? I know people That's that are so, good. so highly motivated, mm-hmm. but they don't know themselves to the point where they, they don't know where to go. They don't know what to do. And oh, so they're stuck Christ. there with all this energy That's and so it comes true. from a lack of self-awareness where there is, you know, when I get pent up energy, I know what I like to do. I know yep. what helps me escape. That's why I'm in the mountains as much as I can. Yep. Because I know myself, and I know if I don't get that mountain time, I go insane. <laughs> so, but Mountain time. But it's the hardest journey, in my opinion, you'll ever go through. Mm-hmm. You have to be very real with yourself. I had to be very real in areas I was lacking. I had to talk to people and ask them, you know, like, how am I affecting you? And some of them said, like, you know, some pretty, not negative things, but things that I was completely blind to. Yeah. And you just aren't but it's a very rough journey but knowing yourself is the key to everything it's the reason i don't give the peer pressure anymore because i like that yeah and and that's a really big thing that you just admitted too is like to be able to ask for feedback Mm -hmm. whether it's criticism or if it's positive you know it's it's hard when you get positive criticism all the time because you you're in the understanding now like shit I'm not perfect, but what could I be better at? Exactly. And part of it's coming that one of your self-awareness is never going to be fully realized. You're changing every day. That's so true. So when people beat themselves up for not knowing themselves very well, it's so human to do, but you just can't. You just can't. You just can't. And so I know that's hard for some people's mental processes to break. Mm -hmm. But for me, what that came down to is I set myself down is, you know, you go to bed with your thoughts at night. Mm-hmm. Work on those. Other people's thoughts don't like resonate I when like you leave. So finding yourself is in my the, 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 my ticket to success. It always has been. Love that. Well, guys, that was an op- yeah, man, opposite was... awesome <laughs> episode today. Yeah, man. I and I really appreciate spending time with you today to uh, kind of go through your life story as well as just talking life and business yeah it's cool to put this all kind of out on the table so all of you guys listening to the show go follow lane i'll make sure and have his links for his instagram page all of that stuff in Mm -hmm. the bio so you can go find him yep he could you could hire him fly him out absolutely for some shoots whatever you need 
He's really good at what he does. I'm asking so, you guys to challenge me too. Let's see what we can create. Yep, yep. Thanks, my man. Appreciate yep. it so much. Always love. We out. The Yes Show. Boom. Well, you can tell everybody. Yeah, you can tell everybody. Go ahead and tell everybody. I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man. Yes, I am, yes, I am, yes, I am. Yes, I am. I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man. I believe every lie that I ever told paid for every...